Hello everybody, welcome to Cinema Hangover, where three drunk motherfuckers try to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about when it comes out of movies. My name is Taylor, and I'm with my co-host... Oh, co-host, I, I thought you were going to actually, I thought you were actually going to introduce us, but co-host uh, Oliver here. And Shannon. And what are we drinking today, Taylor? Uh, well, uh, this is, uh, I, I'm going to be honest, this is like some $12 wine I got from Fedmeyer. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this is, uh, let's see, Reserva Route 1 Cabernet Sauvignon. Hell, oh, it sounds cheap. It's a wine. A red wine. It's a red. <laughs> it is definitely a red wine, yes. And sure. today we're talking about Promising Young Woman. Shannon, you want to give us a synopsis? This movie is about a girl named Cassie, played by Carrie Mulligan, who has had something traumatic happen in her life and is basically seeking her revenge. That sound, yeah, that's pretty much uh, the gist of the movie. So... One of the oh, and we're basically entering spoiler territory, so I'm just gonna let it right off the bat. Yeah, just right off the bat. Okay, yeah, right off the bat, entering spoiler territory. This movie needs to be just fuck it. You just need to say what the fuck's going on in this movie. Okay, so when getting into this movie, I was advised by my awesome team that I should watch the trailer first before watching the movie because oh, it, did you? I did because it really sets. Quick caveat, yeah. I think that in most scenarios, you shouldn't watch a trailer before watching a movie. That's like my personal belief. But with this one, to give full context of how Shannon and I felt when we saw it in theaters, mm -hmm. we did see the trailer. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important. I, what we told Taylor is watch the trailer before seeing the movie and maybe you'll understand how we originally felt about the movie. So car carry yeah. on. Wait, well, real quick, yeah. I would probably will say if you haven't watched this movie and you're interested in watching this movie, probably don't watch the trailer yeah. first. Agreed. The reason we told Taylor to watch the trailer first is because we felt so strongly about it mm -hmm. because of the trailers. Right. Had we had not watched yeah. it, we probably would have enjoyed the movie a little bit more. So, and I can definitely we'll see what you mean with that. Yeah, and I can definitely see what you mean by that because when you see the trailer, just to give you guys my take on what I experienced, you think it's going to be a purely thriller slash revenge based story, like just purely just suspense, purely based on just uh, vengeance. You and think just, you're yeah. going to see a movie where a femme a femme fatale takes revenge on a bunch of men? Yeah, right. Am I wrong <laughs> in saying that? Yeah, and like basically kills or otherwise mains tortures, mains tortures yeah. men that are sexual predators right right and what you get is not quite that yeah okay so the movie basically <clears throat> the trailer introduces something that you think would be much more intense but the movie that you get as a return is much more tame in comparison in fact there are even ports in the movie where you're like what the fuck am I watching? Did, 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 did the movie just switch to a different genre out of fucking nowhere? What the hell happened? So let's just dive straight into it in terms of like how this movie goes out. So when the movie begins, you are introduced to Cassie, who purposely goes out into clubs and pretends she's drunk, like completely blitzed, and waits for guys who are, you know, the quote-unquote nice guy, come in, Try doesn't to even have to be the quote-unquote nice guy. She just right, waits right. for men to take, yeah, to right. take advantage of her being drunk. Right. Well, the reason I mentioned the nice guy bit is because that's a line that's repeated throughout the movie by those uh, yeah. perpetrators. So yeah. I think what the writers of the movie were trying to portray is that, oh, these are the typical nice guys, but they're not really. So I think that was like the main reason why that line kept getting dropped repeatedly. But yeah, that's... Oh. Real quick, just from a woman's point of view... Mm -hmm. 
I don't think it's necessarily um, them trying to be like, oh, this is the nice guys that, that do this. Mm-hmm. It's a typical thing that guys use. Like, I wouldn't do that because I'm a nice guy. It's not right. that they're the typical nice guy. It's like guy. a shield that they it's use. It's a shield that right. they use to be like, oh, I would never sexually assault a woman. I would never take advantage of a woman because I'm a nice guy. I think that's uh, why that was yeah. being said. I don't think all the guys use that, though. I think mm-hmm. it's just basically like scumbag men taking advantage of women that are not in a position to take care of themselves mm. but <clears throat> that that nice guy trope is used because typically those are the the people that you air quotes wouldn't think would do that mm. but they in fact would right They're using it as like a shield right right and that's actually a really good point and that really sets the i would say the purpose behind using that so yeah no that makes sense with um with that being said as the movie progresses it reveals more and more why cassie has this strong detestment toward those men outside of like the obvious means of you know the predators she had back in her college days she was in med school and she was considered one of the most like intelligent if not top of her class and she had a best friend who was pretty much in a similar boat but she was much Named more nina nina yes yep. and she was much more of a i guess a partier maybe? yeah she was a party girl yep. and or like the well-liked Life of the party type of girl, kind exactly. of what it seemed like. Exactly. And it is revealed that there was a situation where um, Nina got super drunk and was taken advantage of, and over a short period of time, it led to her suicide. And Cassie dropped to- out of med school. Yep. Committed suicide, and Cassie ended up dropping out of med school to take care of her. Prior to the suicide. Yeah. <clears throat> Prior to that. Um, and then from th- after Nina's suicide, it seems like Cassie was kind of set on a path of taking revenge on men, mm-hmm. which, again, I think in the trailer, you would interpret that as, like, she's killing these men right. or maiming these men or torturing these men. But right. throughout the movie, at least from what we see, it's it's revealed that she's really only, like, scolding these yeah. men. Like, kind of telling them to not do what they should do like teaching them a lesson yeah she's right. like but like the lesson is verbal it yeah. seems right well um, th- there's one point at the very like beginning like <clears throat> sequence where you see cassie perform this for the first time where she you know gets taken away by the dude that thinks she's drunk and she's about to get taken advantage of she pops up and you know freaks the dude out and then as she's walking away you think that she has like splatters of blood on her and things mm-hmm. of that nature so you get this hint that maybe she did that shit but then later on in other scenes where she's interacting with other dudes in the exact same but sequence she also... it's just verbal <clears throat> she's eating a hot dog <laughs> oh my fuck <laughs> did you right. not catch that no i did not I so that, so that's what it is and i oh think that scene God. may or may not be in the trailer i'd have to double check again but when she's doing the quote-unquote walk of shame, mm-hmm. it pans up from her feet to her head, mm-hmm. and she has what looks like drops of blood, mm-hmm. but it's a hot dog in her hand. She's spilling ketchup all over herself. That makes perfect sense now. But it which, looks like blood. Which, right. really, really quick, and I kind of want to dive into this in a little bit, yeah. but what, it's really quick. It's one of the first instances of red imagery. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you picked up on this, mm-hmm. and we can circle back to it in a bit, but I yeah. do want to talk about the different uses of color and their imagery in this movie. Mm. But, yeah, this is kind of the first... Also, I you know to be fair, I don't know that she's not maiming or or, or killing or hurting men. Um, 
just the men that we see, it seems like she's not. Yeah. But then she also uses different colored pens to indicate different types of men, so I don't I thought know. the use of different colors, well, like, the only, like, in terms of, like, what you're referencing is that in the movie, Cassie has, like, a notebook of her previous encounters with these men, and she marks them, you know, like, one, two, she, three, four, five type she, of deal. She, she takes their name down on one page, and mm-hmm. then she does tally marks mm-hmm. on the other page with the amount of men that she's, it seems like, done this to. Like, like scolded them, or... And by the looks of it, she's done this, like, like dozens of times, not, like, at least a hundred. Yeah. And yeah. what... I, I just thought the color coding was just something that she did just to keep things vibrant, not, like, as an indicator of, like, I don't think so, so... So I think it's kind of based on the level that the man takes it. I think Ooh, in the notebook it is because fair. she, she, uh, with the guy that's played, I can't remember his name. He's by by Topher from. Super you mean Bad. McLovin? Yeah, McLovin. Yeah. Um, I can't remember <laughs> his name. I really, I really should know his name, and I'm sure I could pull it up. Oh, Christopher Mintzplas. Oh yeah. Uh, he tries to, and he tries to take advantage of Carrie Mulligan's character Cassie. Mm-hmm. Um, but. When she wakes up and kind of confronts him, she says, oh, you're one of the... Well, at least you didn't try and take advantage of me while I'm sleeping. Some men don't even care about that. So you get major right. points for that. Yeah. And and so part of me thinks that the color tally marks in her notebook specifically, because again, I think the colors in the movie have like a meaning. Mm-hmm. But at least in her notebook, they have a different degree of like offense that each man Right, like the degree of... Uh, yeah, the degree in which they went too yeah. far. Okay, that makes sense. I can I can see that now. That being said... I don't know if you... So Shannon and I watched this together, obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, Taylor, picked up on all the different colors and the color imagery. Mm. Uh, for everyone listening, Shannon and I have actually seen this before. We saw it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, Back in 2020. Yeah, during COVID. Yeah, yeah, during yeah, it's COVID. It was like one of the first movies we saw. Actually, it was the first it movie. It was the first movie that we saw in yeah. theaters after COVID, and I was stoked because... As you will probably learn about me, there's nothing I love more than a femme fatale, yes, um, a, a woman that exacts revenge, revenge on men. She men. wants to see men get their shit kicked <laughs> in, but specifically by women. If a man I kicks the shit it. out of another a man, uh, she does not care. No. But if a woman kicks the shit out of a man, ooh, that's like I am chef's here kiss. For it. Ooh, that is. <laughs> so I was excited about this movie, and then. Excited because of the trailers. The trailers, yeah. <laughs> again, the trailers lead you to believe that you're almost going to get, like, yeah, you're almost going to get some sort of, like, female assailant. Right, right. What's the movie I'm thinking of? Peppermint? Revenge. Oh. Ye- it's actually called Revenge. Yeah, there is. Some... I was hoping for something like that. Mm. If you, so everyone listening, if you do want a great femme fatale movie where a woman exacts revenge on sexual assailants or on men in general, Revenge is a good example of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No spoilers. Go check that out if that is what you're wanting. If if you are wanting that, I don't think, and Taylor, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Promising Young Woman quite is that. No, not if you're looking for a movie that is just, like, unapologetic about it. It's, like, ultimate intensity type of deal. Like, if you want, like... If the, you want to, yeah. basically, <clears throat> if you want to see men get their shit kicked in by a, a strong woman, this is not it. Right. 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 This has a message for sure, but you're not going to see really any men get their just desserts. Yeah, I think that 
Even in the end. I mean, Yo, that and, if we want to jump maybe we should the... Maybe we should get to that in a second. Yeah, okay. just I want to say something real quick when it comes down to um, the message of the movie. Because I get when it comes down to these types of movies, like, you know, there is a, like, a message that's trying to be translated. And I think this one was trying to do several things at the same time. Like, it was trying to portray how, you know, these situations can be significantly traumatizing for those involved. Mm-hmm. But also it was trying to hint that the character should try to move on. But there was, like, this, you know, extra evidence that was revealed that led to the uh, Cassie to say, fuck it, I'm going to go back on my revenge uh, path, and it led to her demise, which is the hint to the ending. But I understand what the movie was trying to do, but I think the execution was biffed, because there's literally a point in the middle of the movie where it goes from thriller to a rom-com. For like a couple minutes, and I'm like, "What the fuck just happened here?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, so Cassie, <clears throat> really quick to add, just yeah. color to what you're saying. Cassie finds a love interest played by Bone Burnham, which this who, is the first time I've seen this guy act, and he's actually kind of cool. He's actually a pretty good actor, yeah. honestly. And and I would say, I think first of all, I think Carrie Mulligan is like a great actress. I really mm-hmm. do. I think she's fantastic. But I kind of think that Bo Burnham mm-hmm. stole the show, at least in like humor aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Their relationship feels pretty authentic. Like mm-hmm. he, it, it feels like a pretty real representation of a relationship. Super funny. I'll I'll let you carry on, Taylor. But yeah, just like Bo Burnham, kind of a surprise hit in this. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like Bo Burnham was um some someone I did not anticipate being a part of this movie until I saw him in the trailer. I was like, what the fuck? He's in this movie? Mm-hmm. I didn't know he acted, but like, cool. And then next thing you know, I'm like, he actually can act. Damn, son of a bitch, actually has talent. And more than just comedy. Yeah. And he can play music. Boston. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, he was actually pretty good. And the one, uh, just a, a bit of a side note, there's one scene in particular where they're in basically the movie equivalent of like Walgreens. And they're like having this like romantic, like, oh yeah, dancing to the music type of scene. And I just love the reactions on people's faces out there staring at them. This is one point where this guy behind the aisle staring like, who are these motherfuckers like yeah, dancing so, around like this is a rom com? Get out of here! <laughs> yeah, so I don't. I, I guess like I agree. It it seems like Bo Burnham is going to act as her. Um, I don't even know if this is the right term, but like Deus Ex Machina in the sense of like somebody that shows up that shows her that like oh men can be good, men can right. be fine, and you think that that's where it's going. And I'll be real, I almost wish that that was the reality, mm-hmm. but. But again, spoiler alert, he turns out to be, at least years back, he filmed the sexual assault. No, no, he friend. didn't film it. It seemed, he, seemed like he filmed it. No, no, so what or happened? Or he was a bystander. He was a bystander, that's what he, it was. He, yeah. was, he was complacent. He was complacent yeah. that, in, yeah. in the sexual assault of her friend, and there's a recording that comes out, or a, mm-hmm. or a video, rather, and you hear his voice, and he doesn't do anything about it or say right. anything about it. And I think... The point is, is that even like I, the way that I interpret it, at least, and maybe Shannon could add something different to it. But the way that I interpret it was almost like even the best guys can have like darkness to them and something to be aware of. Mm. But I, I kind of think that it almost does an injustice to the movie just because it almost seems like it paints everyone that way. Right. Like or, or that your actions cannot be redeemed. The the Ooh. the only person that gets redeemed in the whole movie is the detective, and he the only reason that he's redeemed is because he's very, I guess, adding context for anyone listening that they're the detective in the movie. Oh, he's played by Alfred Molina, who's a lawyer. 
Is he a lawyer? He is a lawyer. Okay, lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. He was a lawyer during <clears throat> played, the... Played by Alfred case. Molina. Which uh, I was Mr. Mr. Doc Ock. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I was so happy when I saw him to be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, he, he's the one that kind of pressured Nina into drop, dropping the case. Um, sounds like it wasn't that great of an interaction that they had, and, mm-hmm. and basically got all charges dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cassie is going to have him... It seems like alluded to that he's, she's going to have some guy kick the shit out of him. But decides not to when Alfred Molina's character Jordan, his lawyer's name, uh, he he like forgive. He's like begging for forgiveness. It's clear that he's been beating himself up over this for years. Mm-hmm. He's in shambles, mm-hmm. and he says like basically he wants her to hurt him. Like right, like he, good. He goes I deserve on to it. Tell all the back end stuff that goes into cases like that where they are made to find anything against the woman that mm-hmm. has gone through something like this. <laughs> Whether it be pictures, a drunk picture at a party, and he was talking about how like that is gold in those type of cases, and it like the jury has a strong feeling when they see a picture of a girl drunk at a party, mm-hmm. and that's like he's the only man down. in the entire movie that is able to redeem himself. Right. Air quotes, um, and I don't know if making. Bo Burnham's character Ryan into a villain quite worked for me the way that the movie was hoping it would. So here's to that point. They could have done worse to uh, Bill Burnham's character by... Because I was anticipating at the very end, so um, I'm just going to go straight into spoilers to give context to the ending. So at the end of the movie... Okay, this is, might get a bit in depth, but I'm just going to dive into it. So Cass's character goes off and faces the man who was responsible for the sexual assault of Nina. His name's Al. Al, yes. And in, while attempting to basically carve her name in his body to, like, you know, remember her name type of deal as of revenge. Nina's name. Nina's name. Yeah. Uh, he managed to get out of the restraints that uh, Cassie put him in and manages to kill her. So Al kills Cassie. And basically it seems as if the villains are going to win. But as a follow-up, Cassie actually already prepared for the potential of her going missing and sent a package to the lawyer guy, sensing that she can trust him since he's all, like, you know, sad about all and the things And scheduled text messages to and basically everything. Exactly, and scheduled text messages to uh, Bill Burnham's character. So at the wedding that Al has, what happens is that, um, oh, uh, Bill Burnham's character, Ryan, receives the text messages and it seems like, oh, it's like Cassie from the grave type of deal. And it's revealed that, you know, she's releasing all this information and making sure Al goes to jail or at least her murder. And I was thinking at that point that she was also scheduling the release of the video that would incriminate, you know, not just Al, but also... Bo, Ryan, Bo Burnham's character, yeah. and all the other guy, the people that were involved. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought it would be like the final nail in the coffin, but I guess because of their relationship, she chose not to do that which or she gave well at the very least she did give it to the lawyer <clears throat> to right be released right and and i honestly oh think, yeah that's right she gave him the phone that's yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah i truly believe that the better ending of this movie would be for the bad guys to win i know that's like, like a hot yeah, take yeah but like that type of stuff happens every single day people mm-hmm. get away with it every single day and when it and basically when she died and it was kind of like oh we're gonna take care of it and they all get away and uh, Al's best man convinces him like oh it's not your fault like she basically uh, Cassie's Cassie dressed up as like a stripper mm-hmm. and went in and and uh, he he 
the best man convinces Al, like, oh, it wasn't your fault. Like, she was asking for it. Like, it, it, nothing of, none of this was your fault. And kind of, like, saves him from, from feeling any sort of remorse about it. Mm-hmm. And then he gets married, and it's kind of a happy ending for a minute before the text message and stuff. That, to me, is the more impactful ending of this movie that, that portrays the message that it's trying to push better than this, like, weird pulled punch mm-hmm. of being like, oh, actually... No, everybody that was bad gets held accountable for it. When in right. reality, that's not what happens. Right. And it's just, it, it feels like the director couldn't commit to having a darker, more impactful, I would say, re- more realistic ending to the movie. Right. Because the whole movie was taking, like, a more realistic stance. Like, mm-hmm. men do get away with this. Mm-hmm. Men are always... Maybe I, sh- maybe I shouldn't say always, but they're always like, well, the girl was too drunk. The girl did this. The girl did that. It was, it. It was mm-hmm. always her fault. And mm-hmm. so throughout the whole movie, you kind of see different people say that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, this, this message that the movie is trying to show is pretty impactful because that is what happens. Right. It's not like, yes, do I want to see Cassie get her revenge and just kill these men, obviously. But realistically that doesn't happen right and realistically they do get away with it so it kind of seemed like that's where this movie was headed where it was like oh shit they're gonna get away with it and that's kind of like what the message of the movie is and they just don't but they get arrested for cassie's murder they don't even get arrested for the rape right right granted like they probably will get something from that since the video is going to be released but it's just like the ending just it didn't do it for me, and I don't, I don't, I don't know what it was exactly, but it just didn't work. Well, I think the movie, as we were talking about this, I recognize that the movie does a bit of a switch in terms of its general through line, at least two or three times. Mm-hmm. So the first time it does it is that you think it's going to be well, actually, okay, this actually might be four times. The first time you think it's going to be purely a revenge thriller, but then it switches to hey, this could be a movie about someone finding a sense of redemptive quality within men and having a relationship with Bo Burnham's character, Ryan. So you think, okay, so this is a story of someone moving on. So, sweet. That could be what the movie's trying to translate. Then it switches again into, oh, this is a movie about the tragedy of, you know, going for revenge and and in reality, you're going to die in the process of doing so. And it's like, okay... That is what this movie's trying to go for. And then it, at the last minute, switches to the original theme that was introduced with. And you're like, oh, oh, what the... Did you guys have any idea what you were trying to go for at the bad beginning? Nope, we had no idea. Great. Because that's what it feels like as you're watching it and you're experiencing it. It just keeps switching. I will say with Ryan, Mm -hmm. who is played by Bo Bo Burnham, his character, I feel like, is also very important. Like, that type of witness in a horrific crime is stuff that happens all the time mm-hmm. in high school or in college, as sad mm-hmm. as it is. I mean, not even just high school and college, all the time. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of times those bystanders are sitting there and doing nothing about it, and they're just as guilty as the people that are raping somebody. Yeah, for right. sure. And... I think that's kind of where this that movie was trying to portray that is like just mm-hmm. because you weren't the one doing it and just because you're this quote good guy right now doesn't mean that you didn't do something wrong. Right. And I think that that's what it was trying. I think to- I, yeah, I think the I think the part that hits a little bit strange for me is it's clear that Cassie's also not like 
not that it's it's black and white or it's like a scale but i think the moral compass is a bit skewed in some of the actions too like Mm -hmm. it's it is i guess it's just strange to me what the movie rationalizes as being an okay action whereas others are not it's clear it's clear it's but obvious you, it's obvious you that felt like ryan genuinely felt bad about what he did and think about no, that probably think not about that no, for no, a no. second because no, she not. went to the lawyer and he his whole life was destroyed afterwards before she was even there mm-hmm. he had quit his job he was guilty he felt terrible he immediately f- begged for forgiveness versus ryan had talked about how he was still friends with al which is played by i don't know who yeah. he is the one that committed the crime chris lowell okay um al was the one that raped nina and Ryan talks about how he's still friends with him. Never once brought up anything that weird happened. He didn't bring anything up until the only caveat, Cassie brought up the video. The only and caveat his job that was I'll, in jeopardy. The only caveat that I'll make to that, and it's not in defense whatsoever. It seems like when she presented him with the camera, he genuinely like didn't even remember it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when she like has the but video that's a problem. of it, yeah, no, it is for sure. But in 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 the argument of like he didn't say anything about it, it seems like he just genuinely pushed it out of his head. Which is the problem is the problem that they're addressing. I think in that moment is that it's so commonplace that people just kind of like, oh, it's just another day type of thing. Oh, it's just another party, just another girl getting drunk, whatever. Right. But in in response to what you said of him not proactively bringing it up to Cassie, I think he just genuinely didn't remember because. That type of stuff, air quotes, happened. But I think that that's what the problem was for Cassie. She could see that the the problem was that he was complacent in it. That he watched it. She could see that the lawyer was genuinely upset and sorry before she even really brought anything up. Mm -hmm. Versus Ryan wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't until he felt like his job was in jeopardy, and even then, his sorry didn't feel genuine. It was more so like, "Oh, we were just kids. We were just kids." That's not an excuse. Yeah. You know, this actually reminds me, uh, in the film itself, there is a segment that works well, and I think it's actually one of the better aspects that the movie has executed. So there's a point where she's honing in on those responsible for Nina's assault, that it marks off each scene with, like, a tally that, Mm -hmm. you know, is harking back to what was shown earlier. So it's like, you know, one, two, three, four, five. And it goes to each of those that she holds accountable for Nina's assault. And there are two women in particular that are refer- that are notated in this. One of them, trying to recall here, she meets up with her at a restaurant and, you know, talks to her about the situation. And they must have been mutual friends with Nina. Yeah. And explains to her, like, hey, you remember what happened back then? And, you know, you didn't do anything. And the friend that uh, she was talking to... It basically explains that oh you know how it was like back in the day everybody partied and all that stuff it was commonplace it was normal type of deal, like trying to make it like pass over while cassie's like trying to harken on like no you didn't do anything and that's why she's dead now mm-hmm. and what she does as a bit of a comeuppance was she basically got her significantly drunk 
went to one of the, I think it was one of the guys that she encountered earlier, and paid him to... She had pre... She had... She had been pouring herself ginger ale while she poured the other girl... Champagne and Champagne, got the other girl super blackout drunk, Mm -hmm. and then had, obviously, prior to the meeting, Mm -hmm. had paid off a guy to stage having sex with her... Right. ...that she was blacked out for. Right. In reality, the guy didn't do anything. He was just there. But because she... You would would assume... Right. And you'll, you'll see that a lot in this movie, where Cassie plans these things... Whether it be, like, this guy taking her home and making it look like she took advantage right. of her the next day. Or she meets up with the principal and takes her principal's, the principal's daughter to mm-hmm. a frat house, basically, is what, what it kind of sounds like. Right. Which she doesn't actually, but she tries to prove a point mm-hmm. this whole time right. in it's, the movie. It's the idea that, oh, you won't give a shit. If it's a stranger or someone that's outside of you, you won't give a shit unless it's you. Exactly, or someone that or someone like, you love, and that's yeah, what Cassie love. says. She's like, it cuts deeper when it's somebody that you care about. Exactly, or exactly along those lines. And when exploring that aspect of the situation, I think the movie is hitting something that is actually resonant. Where it's like, okay, this is a fair point. Where those who are involved that don't take the situation seriously and actually dive into it and investigate it. Those are the ones that could have stopped the eventual, you know, endpoint where Nina basically committed suicide as a result of everything. If any one of them stopped and inter, um, intervened, mm-hmm. it could have led to a totally different outcome. But because they didn't, you know, no, Cassie I don't. Holds I, I think I I think that, and again, watching this a second time, I think mm. that there's like many resonant points. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. disagree or dispute any of the points about, like, nice guys or men taking advantage of women Uh or people being complacent or anything like that. Uh I think my biggest issue with it is it as a film in that, like, it seems like it's shooting for so many different targets and it can't focus on one. And so the message gets muddled because it's I think it's an important, relevant message that should be seen and said and heard. Mm -hmm. But I think because it seems so distracted and wanting to say all these different things, it doesn't really, for me, nail any one point. Exactly. Like it, it's, it's just, it's kind of too across the board. And at the very end, when it feels like it is honing in on one major point, mm-hmm. which is like men get away with these type of things every day, uh, it pulls the punch. Right. It, it pulls away at the very end and is like, oh no, actually they get their comeuppance. And it just, for me, I think it's just, hard to latch onto the movie when I want to root for this movie so much because I think it's super important and it just can't seem to commit to one message and at the end it just flails and, and, and stops itself from resonating the way it should. So this brings up a thought that has come into mind and I've recognized this in other movies too where it's trying to hit upon so many different messages or so many different like branching I would say, ideas coming off of one key theme, but the execution of it can totally destroy your experience in terms of gaining that in-depth sense of like, okay, I get this movie type of deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you think with what it was trying to hit upon, like as we mentioned earlier, you know, the revenge, you know, the realities of trying to seek said revenge, you know, men get away with this, and the aspect of trying to move on, and as well as, you know, like um, also those that are associated are also guilty type of aspect, like all of these elements. Do you think this movie could have taken all of them and executed it better? Or do you think it needed to shave out some of those 
ideas to be more focused. I definitely think it could have done a better job. Mm -hmm. And, again, watching this movie a second time, I didn't hate it as much, and I think it's probably because I knew what I was going into, Mm -hmm. versus the first time we watched it, we had watched the trailers, and it makes it seem like a completely different movie. Right. But I think it could have done a better job. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how. Yeah. But it just, it didn't, it didn't know what it was trying to do, I feel like. I, Mm I I think it wanted to, I don't know, you feel like you need something? I, it's like you need something no, I, I think that it is show, like, I don't even know the right way to put it, really. It showcases all these different problems, but it doesn't really give satisfying solutions to any of the problems that it shows you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. her, her interaction with Al does not end in a satisfying way in the sense of, like, yes, he gets arrested, and yes, there's this weird text message scheduled, scheduled text message thing, and the cops come and stuff, but that's, to me, with how the rest of the film was, was not satisfying. Right. Every one of her interactions with men, it doesn't really feel... The most satisfying interaction, I think, that she has with an abuser is when she goes and smashes out that random guy's taillights and windshield which even that isn't really satisfying to me because it doesn't feel realistic right like and there's a lot of interactions in this where it's like i don't i feel like you're 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 pushing a message but the solution that you're pushing for the message that you're giving doesn't feel either a realistic or b satisfying which is really what it you need to hit one of the two. Yeah, right. I feel like with these type of movies, you either and it's need trying to... to be for the record, it's trying to be satisfactory. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like saying like, oh, this is a hopeless problem. Right. It's trying to be satisfactory in the answers that it's giving. It's just not right. I feel like with these type of movies, you you need to go either in the direction of realism or just straight up fucking revenge. Right. Like I don't think you can do that middle area with that and that's what this movie was trying to do i think i think it was trying to do both and you just can't i mean you had she gone to al's bachelorette party and carved nina's name all over him and got him arrested for nina's rape i don't think that would have been realistic Mm -hmm. but it would have been more satisfactory it would have been but i don't think that it would have been like realistic like throughout the whole movie they were kind of trying to follow this realism of what happens when stuff like that happens. Mm. And that wouldn't have been the ending. Right. So, I, I don't know. I feel but like... But I it, also it, think that the inverse of it is her getting killed and then scheduling text messages yeah. to kind of have a wink, like a winky face, like, oh, I got you. And like a yeah. letter. That also isn't realistic. Because you're constantly... And that feels like the revenge part of it, where like... It should have died into more of a revenge movie. The reality, I think the the whole, and maybe this is like a hot take, and maybe this is a blanket statement, but like also, so many of these men that she makes a point out of, um, like shaming or whatever, or like, oh, I wasn't actually drunk, you know, don't do this again type of thing. I don't think in real life that would change anything. I, I don't think in real life that would change anything. Her, her. And I'll circle back, her smashing out the taillights and the windshield of, of that guy's truck that was kind of cussing her out for, mind you, 
her being totally in the wrong. She's in the middle of the street, passed out in her car, uh, which is her fault. Yeah. He's being an asshole about it. He pulls up beside her, starts cussing her out. Then she gets out with a tire iron, smashes his car, which again, her fault, right? Mm-hmm. I think we could all agree on that. Is not realistic. Yeah, and also, I don't think anybody that, that I know of, <laughs> I don't, I can't think of anyone that would just let someone smash all their, like, smash their car up, like, and just like, oh, that sucks, and then drive away. Like, yeah, like you, there are consequences to that, and she would either gotten arrested or do could have lost his fucking shit, and all sorts of things could have happened. Yeah. And that's the thing about this movie that, as we were talking about just now, it goes back and forth between wanting to be realistic and suspending disbelief. And that's just something you can't do with a movie. Even like the this. guy, even the guy that she walks out of the club with and eventually gets caught by Bo Burnham's character mm-hmm. with, she like calls him fat and calls him like something and he's wearing a fedora and he like runs off crying. And I I just don't <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't I don't and I don't just I just like I just don't think that that is how an interaction like that actually would go. Right. It's almost like it again it's like what you're saying it's like it's it wants you to suspend belief but also not suspend belief on certain things but on the flip of that scene she like tries to he is like oh you're that girl that so-and-so took home last weekend aren't you and Mm -hmm. she like tries to scare him and she's like i'm not the only girl that does this and that almost is like kind of realistic like oh let let me scare him to not want to ever do this again right but then, like you said, he just like runs off, it's kind another of flailing pulling... his arms, crying. Yeah, and that it's was like another what? example. Of, it's another example of like pulling the punch. And yeah. also, I feel like the way they portray certain characters is like they are caricatures of how they depict men and things yeah. of that nature. And it's like, God, d- d- I get why of... too. Yeah, no, like, I, get, I get, it. get it, but it's just it's you're not going to encounter a lot of these a lot of these characters in real life, right? you're going to encounter people that are similar to that, but not exactly that. And I think that, again, this movie, like, kind of wants to do this balancing act of being realistic, but then also being, like, a comedy and Mm -hmm. also being all these different things. And I don't think, for me personally, it works. Like, the way that it is trying to work. I think there's better examples of movies that deal with this subject matter out there than this movie. Yeah. Before we get into what we would rate this, I do mm-hmm. kind of want to go back and talk about the colors yeah, of course. in this Did... movie because it wasn't something that me and Oliver picked up on the beginning, and mm-hmm. Oliver actually picked up on it pretty early on when we started watching it the second time. Mm-hmm. There is two colors that is shown throughout the whole movie. It's red and blue, mm-hmm. and we're still trying to figure so, out what it means i want to know if you did you pick up on this at all no i did not yeah, okay so, you mentioned there was a color theme I was so like, what? yeah so there is there is a lot of red and there's a lot of blue and the like the examples i can think of are first scene she is acting drunk in a nightclub and again acting drunk in a nightclub she's sitting on a red couch uh she then, after she takes care of that guy, she's eating a hot dog, red ketchup all down her leg, all down her arm. Um, when she is confronting Madison, who's the girl that was friends with her and Nina, uh, she confronts her in a restaurant. And as soon as everything starts to crumble, uh, Madison spills red wine all over the white tablecloth. And mm-hmm. there's a red lantern right above her head that almost looks like a red halo. Mm-hmm. when she goes to talk to ryan at the doctor's office there's a red balloon in the corner that she catches 
there's red Twizzlers, there's red coffee cups. Uh, when a man is approaching her in the nightclub, he flashes red for a second. There's all sorts of red. There's also lots of indications she wears red. She wears a blue dress, blue hair tie, blue cups. There's a scene where she's sitting, standing against a wall, and there's like a blue ornament behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of blue and red imagery. And I, if you haven't caught on to it, then, you know, I'm not sure. But the interpretation I had of it, if, if anyone is watching this and, and also caught the same thing, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But what I got was something along the lines of like, red is when someone is being like predatory or being like offensive and blue is when someone is being vulnerable um the best example i can show of this is that same fedora guy she is at the bar acting drunk she's casting a blue light he walks over and as he's walking over he flashes red Mm -hmm. and then as soon as she starts to walk away with him she flashes red Mm. And it seems like that's the intended intention that they're going for. When she approaches Ryan, she flashes red, or she, or rather, she has like a red. Uh, there's a red balloon in the office, or she has like a red Twizzler, a red coffee cup. Uh, but then when he comes and visits her, there's red in the background, which is like almost like red flags. Mm. I don't know. Quick, quick side note: it's obvious that the colors are intentional in this movie. Mm. I would love to hear other people's thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, yeah what I was we... kind of reading on it, which I'm still trying to piece it together. I know that there's some meaning behind it, but I haven't mm. figured it out. Is blue is kind of like when she's in her safe, like safe place, mm-hmm. and red is kind of when she was like trying to take control and be a little more. Yeah, more almost like like oh, vulnerable. Maybe not vulnerable. Maybe that's not the right word. It almost seemed like red was was predatory. Red yeah. was like almost like bad. Yeah. Or, like, I don't even want to say bad. Red was, like, the offensive, and blue was, like, vulnerability. But there was many times where the red imagery would show up, and she was basically seeking her revenge. Like Yeah, it was, like, the, the way I took it was, like, red was the, her, I don't, I don't even want to say it was, like, revenge. It was, like, her taking control. Like, red yeah. was, like, control. Like, because mm-hmm. it what there was red imagery not only when she was in the scene but also other people would have red yeah. Im- in imagery and then blue it seemed like was primarily in scenes where she was vulnerable she was wearing blue in the lawyer's office when he was kind of like coming on to her apologizing begging for forgiveness she was wearing blue there's blue vases in that office yeah. so that brings to point red cause... curtains when she went and confronted bo burnham's character mm-hmm. so that brings to mind that because as you're uh, mentioning these scenes, I'm starting to like see them uh, going back and like seeing what you're meaning in terms of the um, color themes throughout the movie. What do you think it means when she, at the very end, her hair is like dyed red and blue, and maybe it's like rainbow color? Exactly. Almost. Do you think that has any significance outside of you know she's trying to put a disguise? So do you think it's like the merging I, of those? The only thing I could think of spitballing here is that it's the convergence of both of her types of personalities that she's dealt with which is like her hunting like it's almost like the predator and the prey mm-hmm. she's now oh. both she's like yeah. the rainbow is almost like she is now both she mm-hmm. is like she's come full circle this mm-hmm. is the conclusion to it rather than there being red and blue now there's blue and red and all these different colors in it so i guess that will kind of bring me around do you think this movie is like a ninety percent Rotten Tomatoes? And I don't want to like lead the. I don't Wait, want... hold up. Wait, 
90% of Rotten Tomatoes. Who the fuck rated this shit? I, Sorry. I, I don't, don't want to lead. I don't want to lead the witness. I will say we probably made this movie a more of a terrible experience for you by making you watch the trailers yeah. first. I don't. I don't want to lead the witness. But I just witness, wanted you to I, have like the same experience. My that my, we did. my first question for the table, I guess, is: Do you think the hype was deserved? And and the only reason I tell you is that 90% (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes is because that kind of is the hype. Oh. Uh, It is a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, a 3 out of 5 on Rolling Stone. Uh, But it got really critically appraised. I mean, it really did. So that is the hype. And and that being said, do you think the hype was deserved? I'm just going to say this right now. No. So here's the thing. If I had the... I'm just going to go ahead and give my rating right now. If anything, this is... I'm teetering between like a 2.5 to 3 out of 5. The reason oh, that, yeah, the reason I'm saying that's because I get what the movie's trying to do. Mm-hmm. It is trying to hit upon a very controversial subject. And it makes sense. Like, you're trying to explore this from various angles. And it can be done. There are plenty of movies who have dealt with controversial topics and explored the branching elements that exist within them and done them effectively. Yeah. But because this movie, from a tonality standpoint, from a plot standpoint, from a characterization standpoint, there's a lack of focus across the board mm-hmm. that leads to a movie-going experience that makes you go. It what feels the fuck kind of just meh. Yeah, at the end yeah. Of it. it's, and, it's and, unsatisfying. And I and again, I guess like the the thing that I I want to come back to is it's okay to feel meh after seeing a movie if right. that is what the movie wants you to feel. But I don't think that's what this movie wants right. you to feel. And I, I think this movie wants you to have like this like light bulb aha moment and like this revelation moment. And I don't think that this movie does that. I, I left feeling kind of meh, like, oh, wow, all these things that I know to be shitty mm-hmm. in today's society, oh, yeah, they're shitty. It's <laughs> basically it, yeah. The you first time we watched this, yeah. I left pissed. I and, don't think I've ever been so pissed at a movie because, one, because the trailers made it to seem like it was something else, but two, it just, like, didn't know what it was trying to do. Yeah. And it was like, like I was saying, it's like, you have to go one way or the other with this type of situation. Mm-hmm. And it just was like in the middle, flip-flopping back and forth, didn't know what it wanted to do. It's like a flounder. Or something. It's... <laughs> and, and yeah. yeah, and so, yeah, I agree. And so for me, do I feel the hype was deserved? No, I don't, I don't think that the hype was deserved. I think that this movie, it's not a bad movie. I think it's really well shot. I'll give it that. I think it's really well acted. I think mm-hmm. everyone does a good job acting. Let's talk about the Toxic remix. I do fucking love that. She loves the, to- the remake. The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remix that of toxic. just makes me want to kill some men. Oh, damn. But do I think... Do I Oliver think that... goes missing. It wasn't me. Oh, okay. you're here first, folks. Right. Oh, shit. Uh, do I think that was deserved? No, I don't. I think that there are better... Movies that that handle the subject matter matter better. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I'd give it. I've been thinking about it a bit. I think I'm like at a two and a half. I yeah. think it's kind of like at a, right in the middle. I I don't hate it. I don't love it. I kind of just feel. Eh. Kind of shocking. I'm. I think I have the lowest rating. I think I'd give it a two. Damn. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I just like. I feel like there was parts of this movie where it was like. I, I know what the message is, and I think it's a really good message. Like, Same. It, this, there needs to be a movie that, ha- like, hits all of these messages, but it, it just didn't do it. It didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. I and, think... Yeah, I don't know. I think the reason why the movie's receiving such high ratings online 
is, or at least from Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb perspective, is because it's focusing on the fact that the message is being delivered, mm -hmm. not on the execution and the quality of the film. Mm -hmm. They're just focusing on the fact that, oh, a movie's talking about it, right. not the fact that how well is it exploring said topics and is it yeah. resonating and, and for that reason I, I agree with that. yeah i mean and, and for that reason again like i do think it's an, an important movie mm. but this is not the first movie that has dove into that subject matter there is movies that have that have dove into this similar subject matter that i think do it better than this movie yeah maybe not from this perspective maybe not with this these type of characters but i think that I do think it's important. I, I do think this conversation is important, too. Like, I think mm -hmm. it's important that people understand this movie. I think that this movie is maybe better for a very specific type of demographic of, of people. <laughs> but I, I just still, I, like, when I look at movies, I look at them through the realm of, like, is this a good movie? Is this a movie that I'd visit again? Is it a movie that I, want, that I think is a classic or a masterpiece or whatever? I'm kind of middle of the road with Promising Young Woman. I think the subject matter is good. I think it's filmed well, but I, it's like a two and a half. For me. Yeah. It's a two and a half out of five. It's, like, it's, from a thematic standpoint, from what it's trying to hit upon, it would be pretty impactful if a movie exploring these elements such as, you know, you know sexual assault, accomplices, or those that say neutral when it comes down to the crime itself, holding those accountable after the fact, the impact said events have not only on the victims, but also those around them, right. you know, those that are impacted trying to move on, things of that nature, that in of itself is a story that you can explore in depth effectively. Yeah. Well, and, Honest. That, and I, I agree with that. And that's like, I haven't seen one of these type of movies dive into that aspect of it, where like, right. it's, there's usually a sexual assault that happens and the person that does it is the terrible person, which they are, don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but there are other elements to it. There are, when you're in high school, there's people that are at the party and not stopping it. There's the teacher that you reported it to that doesn't do anything about mm -hmm. it. There's the parents that don't really do anything about it. And mm -hmm. so I can appreciate that movie for diving into that because they're, that needs to be discussed. That, mm -hmm. I think that, that that's really important for people to talk about. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's not okay to take advantage of a girl that's drunk. It's not her fault just because she's drunk. Like, right, right. There are topics like that that need to be discussed, so I think this movie did a good job about kind of bringing that to light. It just didn't execute it the right way, which exactly. makes me sad. I wish it did, because it could have been a good movie. Right. It could have been. I think that's the disappointing part about this movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's the disappointing aspect about this movie is that it could have been better. Yeah. yeah. When you see a movie that has such good potential and just can't quite execute, it's more disappointing than a movie that doesn't really have a ton of potential and is just kind of mediocre. Yeah. I guess it wasn't really all that promising at the end of the day. I was like, <laughs> was was not, I had to. Not that promising of a woman. Oh, brother. <laughs> or maybe she was. I mean, she... she Fought to the death. Yeah. Literally. No, not, not, I mean, not fought. No. no. I don't know about she that. Died. She, she struggled. She to the <laughs> <laughs> struggle as she was suffocated. Yeah. yeah. There's that. Uh, I guess. I, I'm sorry. Like, I remember, like, watching that scene, like, wow, they actually just straight up killed her. Damn. Uh, honestly, like, what, it's kind of funny because 
I think the first time we watched it back, I was, or first time we watched it, I was like, the whole time I was like, did she actually die? Did they mm-hmm. really kill her? She's not actually dead. And I think I thought that up until we watched it a second time, and I was like, oh no, she's dead. But she I, really did die. <laughs> I thought for a second there, like, she, like, faked it, like, she, right? like, stopped struggling and just, like, chilled, and then morning hit, I'm like, oh shit. And then the dude checking was like, whoa! And I'm like, oh no, she did. She's <laughs> literally dead. I'm going to say it again before we wrap up. The better ending is that she just died and they right. got away with it. It just becomes this bit the of The perfect like, cut of this movie exists. Yeah. And I said it to Shannon as, we, watch, as we, we were watching it. The second they burn her body and they kind of like hug it out and pat each other on the back, boom, cut. That's yeah. the better, better version of the movie. It kind of reminds me of like that ending when they, like The Mist where it's just like, uh, has like that really fucked up ending where you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, talk about... Yeah, that's a whole different podcast episode. Most fucked up ending of all time. But this isn't even that, like, yeah. I just think for the message it was trying to push across, it should have cut before it pulled its punch. And I think that's just kind of the whole moral of this movie in general. And with that, I think we can just wrap up this episode. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Final notes. Yeah, this movie had potential. I would recommend if you want to watch this movie... Don't watch the trailer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do not watch the trailer because and do not set your expectations. I will say this trailer definitely ruined the movie for me the first time. Mm-hmm. I hated this movie the first time. Mm-hmm. The second time I didn't hate it as much. That's fair. I can agree with that. Alright, well, I am on drink two and these fuckers are still on drink one. What? So I don't know. Oh about yeah, that. yeah, you did before that. That's true. God damn it. Okay. Yeah. Well, alright. All right, well, Oliver so... hasn't even finished his first drink. Well, and I At just finished Taylor has. So. I have a sip left for the record. A sip? That is like a full pour let of the, wine. Let, let, <laughs> let, pour. Let, the, let the podcast and everyone watching, physically watching me right now, being Taylor and Shannon, watch this gulp, one. That, that's a bit of a goal. Done. There's a bit of an extra. <laughs> actually, wait, there's a little bit of sip left. It's like one a tiny sip. little dribble. Oh, tiny no. little dribble. There's none left. All oh, right. <laughs> well, this has been Hangover Cinema Podcast. Hangover Cinema? God damn it, man. That oh shit kicked hard. Cinema, Cinema hangover. hangover to the wine drinkers that can handle our shit. God damn, one glass y'all to lose it. Uh, I had one <laughs> gulp of wine, y'all. <laughs> Alright, guys, until next time. Peace. Hey everyone, if you want more Cinema Hangover, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We also post episodes on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. If you have any movie suggestions or questions, drop a comment on any of our social medias. Also, if you have any drink recommendations, be sure to let us know. And again, thank you for listening.